Welcome to the D-Free Podcast, keeping you in the black, bringing you the pulse of spiritual, mental, and financial health. Be sure to follow us and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyD-Free. Today's episode of D-Free in the Black is brought to you by our friends at Prudential. Prudential solves investment, insurance, and retirement challenges, helping individuals, organizations, and communities to reach their financial goals. Hello, and welcome to DeFreeze in the Black podcast. I am Tamika Stembridge, Executive Director of DeFree Foundation and your co-host. And I'm here with my host, who's also in the guest seat today, Dr. Soares. Yes, yes. Happy to be here. And we have a... We have a very, very, very special guest here today. We have First Lady Donna Soares here. Welcome, First Lady. How Thank are you? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. First Lady of First Baptist, First Lady of D-Free, First Lady of everything. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be great. So this episode is actually titled Holy Matrimony. Oh, Lord. Holy <laughs> matrimony and we're going to talk a little bit about you know uh finances of course but finances in the context of a family and a relationship and who better to have that conversation than our founder his wife and talking about his journey and their family so if you guys have read the d free book say yes to no debt uh you may have heard dr stories talk about what prompted him to actually want to start living a d free life and i know uh first lady is a, is a part of that uh, part of that impetus. A well, bit. when we when we met, I was broke, but she didn't know I was broke. I didn't know you were broke. There was no way for her to know I was but driving. It didn't well, it mattered <laughs> after a while. I mean, it did. It, no, it didn't matter because you didn't care at first. That's why it didn't matter. That's true. You, you you wanted nothing to do with me whether I was broke or not. Well. <laughs> but I, but you didn't know I was broke. She didn't know I was broke. Mm-hmm. I was driving a Cadillac. I was wearing nice clothes. I was in the newspapers a lot, although she never read about me in the newspaper. She didn't know I was famous, but <laughs> <laughs> but I was. And and I was determined that I could not get married broke. So I worked hard to uh, clean up my financial life before she found out how broke I was. And by the time we got married, I, I was just about being out of being broke. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> Tip number one for the gentleman out there. Let's work on not being broke before marriage. And women too. You know, I think that's a good goal to have strategically. First lady, what was your experience? Um, I guess on the tail end of Dr. Sori's. Well, he's right. I didn't know he was, he was broke. Um, but I knew that he was ready to get married. And I knew that he took very seriously um, where I was planning a wedding for a couple of years, he was planning for marriage. And so I'm grateful for that. And all that entails, uh, it also entails being ready financially to um, get married and take on responsibilities. And so uh, the truth is I trusted him. I trusted him that he would take care of those things um, he was traveling a lot as an evangelist, uh, speaking to youth and making sure that... After we got married. After we got married, um, making sure our household was in place. And so I trusted him. I trusted that he would have things in place. But she was also my manager. She was literally my booking agent and business manager when we first got married. It was, it was, it was 
Donna, me, and an answering machine. And I did an excellent job. All right. Yes, Shout out I to did. First Lady Boss. She, she negotiated my speaking fees, so she knew what was coming in. <laughs> she And she anyone who wanted me to speak, they had to call her. I got a booking agent later on, but she was my first booking agent. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was that experience like, First Lady? Because we see him travel all the time, all over the place, and it's a lot to manage. Um, it was a good experience in that I got to uh, meet a lot of people, uh, wonderful people. At, um, white people, a lot, well, mostly white yes. people. <laughs> at churches where he was speaking, um, very nice people that would nice white invite people. me to come along and sometimes for his speaking engagements. Um, um, because he was traveling a lot, and the truth is he was gone about 25 days out of a month. Wow. I went back to school and started taking some courses. So it was a win-win for the Sorties family. We were doing quite well. That's awesome. Um, I know traveling a lot and being able to build a family and build a strong foundation, even when you weren't physically together, um, speaks a lot to your relationship and your values and what you put first. Um, can you speak a little bit about what your the family looked like as it started to expand. You have two beautiful. Well, we got married in '85, and okay. didn't start expanding until '89. Okay. So we had four wonderful years <laughs> of of a family of two. Mm -hmm. uh, when the family started to expand, much to her surprise, it was expanding with twins because mm -hmm. she has a twin brother, and when I began praying that she would have twins, she thought I was crazy, and then she got pregnant with twins, which shows how close to God I am, uh, contrary to what people might think. And so mm. when the twins came, uh, I had to make a decision to cut back on travel, which took some time. Um, but they were born in 89. I came to First Baptist in 1990, so my, my life was able to really shift into a more stationary, mm -hmm. um, you know, work-centered lifestyle than just travel all the time. All of my income came from travel, right. which is That's why I traveled. Yeah. All of, and and um, a part of what I had to do was to budget properly because, as you know, when you travel as a speaker or, or an artist, every month is not the same. Right. So, for instance, in December, I made no money because the kinds of events I spoke at uh, did not occur in the month of December. So there were some months when it was feast, there were other months there was famine, I had to learn how to budget. But uh, within the second year of marriage, we were able to get out of debt, and when we went to buy our house, the realtor said we were the first couple she had ever met that didn't have credit card bills and didn't have debt. Wow. So I evolved into uh, a pastor that traveled less. Now I've always traveled some, but not as much as I used to, and we made a strategic decision. When the boys were born, we were going to take them to preschool, and the preschool the cost so much that it equaled what Donna would have made pretty much on a job, and so we just decided, why pay someone else and have her work to pay the bill, that she just stayed with the boys uh, all of her life, and, and I went out and, and uh, took care of the financial and revenue side of the family. Awesome. Just a reminder, you guys are listening to D Free in the Black podcast with our co-host, who's also in the guest seat today, Dr. Soares and his lovely wife, First Lady Donna Soares, both of First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in Somerset, New Jersey. And we're talking today about holy matrimony. 
and what money and finances look like in the context of a family. And we thought who better to do that than with our own first family of DeFree, Dr. Soares and his wife. And so they just told us a little bit about historically what DeFree had looked like in their relationship. And now as their family expands and they're supporting um, two gentlemen, twins, what did that look like as they got older, planning for college, um, you know, having a, a family dynamic where there's more than just you all together? What did that look like on a regular basis in terms of managing the household? Well, it looked very expensive uh, <laughs> because we had to buy two of everything, two cribs, two sets of clothes, and then they kept growing. <laughs> so it, it just it just cost a lot of money. Um, but by the time they were born, I had already begun developing a D-free mentality, although it wasn't formal, and uh, a budgeting mentality. We, we deferred a lot of things. For instance, before they were born, we would go away every three months. After they were born, we went away maybe once a year <laughs> because they were just very expensive. They're still very expensive, but, but it's just been an expensive uh, life uh, having twins uh, and then having goals and wanting to live on a certain level. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, we opened their 529 account. We started saving for college early. We, uh, we live within our means is mm -hmm. uh, all of their lives. And we try to provide the best for them without being more extravagant than we could afford. Got it. Got it. Got it. So again, I'm going to reference the say yes to no debt, uh, your story um, of your journey to financial freedom. You talk a little bit about uh, your neckties and the the, the potential, um, I guess, the cost associated with being a pastor and a first lady and what that likes, what that looks like in a practical sense um, in terms of the look, the feel, um, you know, being that couple within the church and how that plays out from a financial perspective. Can you speak to that a little bit? Did it impact your shopping habits? Did it impact my shopping habits? Because, of course, as first lady, I want to look nice and I want to um, feel good. And so, yes, it impacted my shopping. I knew not to go crazy because I'm uh, married to Mr. D. Free. And so uh, I was very conscious as I spend there. Were I, I, I was blessed and then I got some things in life that I never really expected to get some really nice things and um, but again within our means you know pastor worked hard made a good salary and so um, I could stretch out a little bit um, love shoes love shoes love shoes and so um, but Donna really <laughs> did not have tremendous needs okay. for instance when I met her she 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 had a Toyota and she loved a Toyota. I loved that Toyota. Period. She loved it. She loved, and she was happy with the Toyota. Yes, happy. Until she started driving <laughs> uh, BMW. And, right. And, and now if I bought a Toyota, she would probably uh, look at me funny. Not really, as long as it was a second car. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but she didn't come in with high demands or with extravagant taste. Um, so it was, it was, we didn't have a lot of stress around what she didn't have, um, other than the new dining room set, you know, I yes. think she's been pretty happy. Yes. I wanted a new dining room set when we moved into uh, the, the house that we live in now. We moved there, my boys were in high school, and in my mind I wanted a new dining room set. 
To go with the new house. To go with the new house. But we and don't use the dining room. And we don't use the dining room. But um, that's when the Lord gave him the vision for D-Free. So we still have the same dining, dining room set. And it works. It works. So we owe First Lady a new dining room set. I'm just going to put that on the record <laughs> oh. that we should do that. Uh-huh. Um, but to that point, though, Dr. Soares, you know, you spoke about First Lady not having a lot of needs. First Lady, can you speak to that? Because I think a lot of women struggle with this constant need. And we talk about it a lot in d I need this shoe. I need this purse. I need this car. How does one manage that or learn to set a standard for themselves where they're not driven by marketing or the constant? I, you know, I, I can speak for me, of course, that um, I grew up having enough and was very content. Um, had two parents that were um, both teachers and so they were providers, but I as um, a young person, I didn't have the latest styles, and had I wanted some of what everybody else had, but I didn't. But I had shoes that were solid on my feet. I had a warm coat. I was grateful for what I had, and so um, to go to what is described as sometimes the next level, um, I was excited to have access to more. But I was just in a place and a mindset of being grateful from, you know, what I'd had all my life and and didn't take for granted. And so, like I said, it was icing on the cake to be able to have a little something extra, but I I didn't have to go all the way. Um, I wanted to live within my means. I wanted, I respected the fact that I, I was blessed. I enjoyed being home as a mom with my sons. And so I respected the fact that my husband was the provider and worked hard to make the money and so I wasn't going to abuse that and so it was a it was a win-win for me wow. now of course I was raised a little differently okay um, my, my father was a teacher like like her father my mother was a secretary but my mother had a different perspective on on things and my mother enjoys uh, delving in the extravagant and so um, although we didn't grow up with a lot of means I thought my mother was rich mm. because she she my mother was and still is you know um, focused very heavily on shopping and on style and on fashion and so some of that bled over to us still does somewhat. And a part of what um, I felt even at that point in my life was that when I when I was younger and friends would have the latest and the newest sneakers um, and I was very clear that if I got a pair of sneakers every so often, if holes got in them, if holes got in the shoes, I came from that era where you cut some cardboard out, the, the shape of the shoe and put it in there and you just made it work until the shoe didn't fit anymore. That's when you gave up the shoe. But I was excited that my sons could have a pair of sneakers and not so much that they would have, they weren't gonna get a pair of sneakers every month, but um, they were gonna get sneakers before they got a hole in the bottom of the sneakers, a hole in the bottom of the shoes. So I was grateful for that next level in my life as well. Well, it sounds like you guys have a great exercise in balance and being able to blend both of your backgrounds and experiences into a family. 
um, that is holistic and well-rounded and blessed all around by both of your experiences. If you could share, I guess, one or two tips now with the D-Free family about how you maintain, you know, your D-Free lifestyle, but also maintain a family that's happy and healthy um, and balanced, what would that be? If you had two or three, two or three tips for a D-Free family, what would that be? Well, one is budgeting. I think we're very budget conscious. Uh, she'll ask me before taking various steps or making various decisions about, is this in the budget? I, I, it's my job to pretty much manage the budget. It's our job to have an agreement on the budget. And I think budgeting has helped us uh, as, as we have sometimes different tastes, different goals, different priorities. A budget that you agree on is critical because you can really, really do damage to a relationship without a budget. And then I think that the second thing that, that I'll mention is long-term planning. Um, I'm in the process as we speak of completing an update on all of our financial holdings and dealings so that when I die, she'll know exactly where things are and what to do. Uh, and I say an update, I haven't done it now since a couple of years. And so we'll finish the update, go over it so that if I die tomorrow, you know, she won't have to be, you know, wondering who who do I call, what do I do, where do I go. Excellent. For me, I trust his his knowledge, and I'm grateful that not only my family but um, families everywhere are experiencing uh, this D free uh, ministry. Um, I I trust um, and look to him for what makes sense and that he has more knowledge than I do of certain things and so as an example he knew of uh, a credit card where we would get money back if I and we've agreed that I just use that particular card um, for groceries and gas and we, we got so much money back oh, and God, we money. pay it off every month he selected that type of credit card so that we pay it off but uh, we get money back, and so, and I'll tell you how it helped me. I didn't realize I was spending that much on groceries. Uh, it helps you to become quite disciplined because you think in your mind, we've got to have food. Right. But, uh, and I, I enjoy cooking, and I enjoy cooking for my family. Uh, so um, it, I just trust him to give me ideas and things that come up within D Free to help our thing work. I love it. Uh, any last words for the D Free in the Black podcast listeners? You're on with Dr. Soares and First Lady Donna Soares of First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens, uh, the founder and first lady of the D Free movement. Any parting words for our guests? Inspiration, thought? Well, we, we, we live a lifestyle today that exceeds most of my peers who are pastors of churches because we have also practiced having multiple streams of income. And people talk about that, but it's easier said than done. But you do, you do have to have more than one source of income if, if you want to live a lifestyle that is not limited by the restrictions of your primary job. And as, you know, as Donna said, we have, uh, enjoy a quality lifestyle. The boys have never heard me say, I can't afford it. Uh, I've said no, 
but I've never said no because I can't afford it. And it's, it's a disciplined, balanced lifestyle that hopefully will position them when we're long gone to uh, even take our lifestyle to the next level. But it takes work. It, it doesn't just happen. It takes work. It takes discipline. And everything we teach in D-Free is what I've learned in my own life. And maybe because you're listening even to this podcast, you are, um, you've already Im involved yourself in D-Free, you've taken the course, but I encourage you, if you have not, to get started, to really look into it. If you think that this is something, or you promised yourself in 2018 that uh, there's some things in your life you want to do, I encourage you to look into it. I encourage you to tell your friends and your family, your children, about it. Um, it, it is changing lives uh, everywhere and for the better. So I encourage you to look into what DeFree is offering. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor and First Lady, for joining us on the DeFree in the Black thank podcast. You. We release a new episode every Monday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So listen in, share the podcast, and stay tuned. Thank you. First Lady.